Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today we are diving into the Ayurvedic approach to the spring season. All right, so the spring season in Sanskrit it is called Vasant Ritu. And so that is in India, those dates are going to be ranging from mid-March to mid-May. But again, just as I had said on the late winter season, that's going to be maybe different for where you live based on your climate. So it really is about, you know, looking outside of your window, what's going on outside. That's often what's going on inside of our bodies. So the dosha that's most predominant during the season is once again, the kapha dosha. And when we're looking at the gunas or the qualities that are happening, we often observe dry, heavy, cold, and sticky qualities. So that's often happening outside. And then that's probably happening inside our bodies as well. So that sticky quality. Um, I always think of like the sticky in the spring season, that mucus buildup, um, the, the cold, like the actual common colds that kiddos tend to get. The heavy snow, the mud, the rain, all of that are kind of those heavier, kapha, earthy energies. So again, the yoga asana poses to help kind of reduce that accumulation of kapha. Um, and But you don't want to provoke pitta right now. So um, this is kind of where pitta might start to build up. And again, depending on where you live here in Minnesota, we don't necessarily have that pitta build up until probably maybe sometimes mid-May to late May, but usually around June. So where the temperatures start to rise. But if you live in a state where the temperatures are rising and you're pretty warm, you know, come April and May, you got to really watch that pitta. So the pitta doesn't start to um, get provoked. So you're going to be emphasizing back extensions and then back bends on your belly um, for yoga. So if that's something that you switch up every season, those would be the poses to focus on. And then rituals during the spring season, it's all about movement once more. Because again, we don't want to have that congestion. We don't want to have that stuck, stagnant energy in both the mind and the body. So we're thinking about how can we get moving? And then often um, our remedies are kind of focusing on the spring allergies, because what also happens is stuff starts to bloom and people have allergies. So the neti pot is one of my favorite um, tools for kind of helping release any of the pent up junk that can get stuck. And I personally will say I've done the neti pot and it has worked for me. And um, I did an episode now probably about a month ago, all about neti pots. So if you're curious about how to use one, um, definitely check out that one about neti pots and dry brushing. So let's go into Vasantri too. During the spring season, you know, it's a great time to be moving our bodies. According to the ancient Ayurvedic texts, this is the time where um, you want to go for those more intense workouts, if that's your thing, um, making sure that you have a walk practice. So whether you get outside first thing in the morning, um, noon hour is okay, because typically the sun isn't too hot. And then um, your vinyasa practice. So if you are someone who loves vinyasa, that would be a practice to do. Also with inversions, if you're someone who really likes to do inversions or headstands, um, shoulder stands, all of those things, uh, that would be a great thing to add into during the spring time. Now, other practices to kind of keep in mind, enjoying ginger and honey tea. And then again, those dry brushing and then yoga nidra. And why I say yoga nidra, because it's more of an awakening versus the shavasana, which is more of the restfulness. And so um, if you, we still want to be mindful of our mind because the mind can get stuck and stagnant as well. And so having that yoga nidra practice, having something to connect to on a deeper level is also advised during this time. 
Now, I also have some journal prompts, which you can head over to the blog and kind of read through a few of my favorite journal prompts to kind of dive into, as well as get some of the recipes that I have um, mentioned today. So food, what are we focusing on for our digestion at this time? So we want to work on keeping that Agni high and emphasizing, here are kind of the, the taste in Ayurveda to emphasize. You want to emphasize pungent, bitter, astringent, sharp, penetrating, and light. So what does that mean in terms of foods? It might look like asparagus, which often I remember growing up, um, asparagus just grows in the ditches in, you know, in, on the farm. And so my mom would have us pull over and we, she would just cut off asparagus from the ditch in the farm. Now we don't do that now just because, um, too many farmers use chemicals and I would not advise doing that unless you know that this is an organic farm or they're not using chemicals because even in the wind, the wind can blow those chemicals onto the asparagus. So just a heads up, if you do do that now, um, definitely make sure you're washing that asparagus pretty thoroughly. Just um, if you're, if you go to the ditches and do that, but growing up, I do remember doing that quite often. Um, we would just kind of pull over and pick asparagus. Um, bitter greens are another uh, great thing to incorporate into the diet. Ginger, honey, mangoes, berries, radishes, amaranth, barley, mung dal, and black beans. So that's kind of your list of like, okay, if I'm going to look at a recipe, maybe I'm going to incorporate some mung dals with some asparagus and top it off with some radish, a ginger radish, you know, mixing to top to dressing. <laughs> it's like mixing, <laughs> you know, throw in those things at the top. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at during this spring season. So often it's a damp and cooler and heavy season. Um, and sometimes, you know, we think that that spring energy, just like in our menstrual cycle, it's the follicular phase. It's kind of the, yes, let's go. And sometimes when we're coming out of that bleeding phase and when we're coming into that follicular phase, sometimes we go too hard and too fast. So that can be the same for spring. We kind of maybe have that false spring, we call it here. Um, in Minnesota where, oh, we're, we're thinking it's turning. And then all of a sudden we get, you know, dumped on with more snow a couple of weeks later. So be mindful of that and making sure that, okay, are we truly transitioning into that spring or are we still kind of stuck in the, that winter? And we want to make sure we're dressing in layers. We don't want to get too cold and chilled. So making sure that we are not wearing maybe shorts when it's 50 degrees out, um, which is quite common. If you live in a state that's got colder weather, we see that often. We have people running around in t-shirts and shorts, you know, as soon as it's maybe even 40 degrees. Um, so being mindful of warming and wearing layers, um, wearing those jackets, you can always, you know, unlayer as the day goes on, but making sure you have them. And then again, coming back to that exercise, a great thing to practice Saunas are still great to incorporate because it is a little bit cooler out and that sweating energy is great to help reduce that kapha buildup. And again, if you are a pitta, being mindful of that accumulation of pitta. So you'll kind of hit a point in the season where you're like, oh, it's a little warm outside. And, you know, when I step out of, you know, my sauna. So like for me, I go to a place when I go to my saunas, but when I step out and if I'm still sweating because it's super hot outside, probably not the greatest time to be enjoying the saunas. That's when usually for myself, I switch over to like a float tank. Um, and that can be something that maybe you have another practice that you incorporate, uh, that you like to go, maybe it's getting a massage, which is also wonderful at this time to kind of get the lymph moving. 
So let's kind of go into a sample daily routine during the spring season. So waking up around 6 a.m., which typically it starts to get a little bit easier to do because the sun is starting to rise earlier. You scrape your tongue, brush your teeth, and then do one to three rounds of Kabbalah Bhati for 30 breaths. So again, that Kabbalah Bhati, um, I've talked about many times on the, on the podcast, but if you feel congestion building up, definitely hit that three times, you know, three rounds of it. If you're like, oh, this is just something I'm doing every morning, just one round should be enough. And then maybe you go for a brisk morning walk or perform your workout routine. So again, we're, it's all about reducing that kapha buildup. And then after you finish, if you do do your workout, if you do do a morning walk, maybe you come back and perform five rounds of a sun salutation. Um, so why that is recommended? It's a little bit, again, more vigorous. It's getting up, getting going. So if you're not into like, maybe the walk is not going to be possible for you, and maybe you're not into working out or lifting weights, then maybe that sun salutation could be a great option. Then finish with a right nostril breathing 10 times. So why for that right nostril? Um, so the left nostril is more of the feminine. It's the lunar energy. The right nostril is more of the masculine and solar energy. And again, we're kind of wanting to tap into that to reduce any stuck or stagnation in the body. And then maybe you're going to perform after you do that, you kind of go right on the bridge in the nose. So if you are new to the right or left nostril breathing, you're going to go right on the bridge in the nose. Don't go at the end of the nose and kind of plug it. So you're going to go kind of up, you know, right where you feel that cartilage in the nose and taking 10 deep breaths there. And then next you would finish with breakfast. So having your breakfast and then starting your day. So overall that routine should be, I mean, you could probably get it down to 30 minutes. Um, I always like to leave about an hour for my morning routines just to have some, you know, wiggle room there. Um, I already talked about a sample, you know, daily menu, but if you're kind of looking at, Hey, I want to have some fruit for breakfast, grapefruit with a pinch of cardamom, ginger, and honey, um, can be a good breakfast at this time. If you are into fruit, uh, eating fruit alone is always recommended in Ayurveda. So if you're, you're thinking, I want to do some fruit and eggs and, Pile on this large breakfast, it's it's not as easy to digest. And especially with a grapefruit, a grapefruit is way easier to digest by itself. So are melons um, versus adding it into a salad. And then fennel is a great herb to look into for post-digestion issues. So if you're having some um, any issues with that, you can always slightly toast fennel seeds before you eat your meals or after. And so you can kind of chew on them. You can kind of eat those. You can also just roast an entire fennel bulb and enjoy it with your meal. And then finally, if you're like, ooh, I'm not so much into that, maybe you make your CCFT, which is your cumin, coriander, fennel tea, and you can do that after your meals to help aid in digestion. So if digestion for the kapha dosha, it can look like constipation, but usually it's just a slower, more sluggish um, digestion. And you might have, um, if you look at your, your stools, when you, when you, after you go to the bathroom, it's going to be more streaky, more oily in the toilet. And so that's kind of a, that's more of a kapha buildup in the body. So that's when you might start to incorporate the fennel to kind of help get things moving and keep things together. All right. So again, the honey ginger tea is wonderful. I do a little honey ginger um, a little bit of lemon and a little bit of turmeric. And so that's one of my favorites that I just do homemade. I don't do it. I don't buy the tea. I just make it myself and always wait until the water is a little bit cooler before you add in that honey. So you don't want to add it into a boiling cup of water because it's in Ayurveda, it says to clog the subtle channels of the body. 
Um, and then that again could cause digestive disruption in the long term. So that's why we kind of want to let it cool first and then add the honey in. All right. So those are some of the, the practices that you want to start to incorporate. Um, no matter your dosha, you always want to eat with your digestion in mind. So it doesn't matter if you are a vata, pitta, or kapha, you're really being mindful of, okay, you know, asparagus, ginger, collard greens, those are all wonderful. But if one of those is something that you can't digest, or I've had clients who absolutely hate and can't stand ginger, then you're not going to incorporate that. You know, we can work around that. There are other practices and other foods that you can incorporate um, that will do the trick. And then if you're, if you're brand new and you're not quite sure what's causing you to have maybe digestive woes, I always recommend keeping a food journal. And I don't like to do this for week after week after week, but, but I found for the first week or two, just to kind of get a picture of like what's going on or what food could this be, or what combination of foods is not right for me. Um, having that documentation really does help. And I've, I've caught some things with clients who are like, oh my gosh, I never would have put that together just because it's something I'm having every day. But looking, you know, through my lens, when I look at it, I'm like, yes. And overall that seems to be the issue because everything else to me should, should in quotations be digesting just fine. And then sure enough, sometimes it's something that you've been having for a while and it's causing those issues. Um, I've also talked about where I've had a client who we were going through with her heartburn and it turns out the place that she was getting her um, soups from every day, they had changed the broth they were using to a different brand. And that new brand was what was causing her heartburns. Um, Cause I just had her ask, I said, Hey, will you just next time you go into that restaurant since that's where you have lunch every day. And you're usually having the same thing. Um, and it just suddenly started. I don't see anything else that's sticking out as a red flag. Will you ask about if they've changed their recipe? And then sure enough, that's what she found out is they just, they changed the brand of broth and that broth that they changed to did not sit well with her body. And so those are little things like that can be that. I mean, I've seen that as being the trigger for heartburn. That can be your digestive woes. It can be something as simple as, um, you know, changing out a, re a restaurant that you usually go to changing out the broth brand that they use. All right. So what else can we do to kind of prepare for the Vasant Ritu season? Um, one of the things that you want to kind of do is really to, to work on those new habits. Now I say this with kind of an asterisk, because this is the time of year where we, for myself, this is usually, March is usually my busiest month where I'll have an influx of one-on-one -on -one clients coming because it does feel like the new year. Because sometimes in January, we're still stuck in the, hey, it's I'm supposed to be doing resolutions. I'm supposed to be doing all this, but I don't feel that energy because we are in the deep, dark winter. We are in that inward reflection phase. But come March, often we have that spring energy and we really feel ready to make those changes. So I found March works really well for habit changes. So if that's something that you're looking at, like, ah, I really have this bad habit or I've gotten in the habit of not doing my morning routine the last couple of months because it's dark, it's cold out. But now I'm feeling like I need to get back into that again. This is a great time to start incorporating it during the spring season. And I always like to do habit batching. And that's where you perform maybe two habits back to back. So for example, maybe you do your dry brushing and then you do your neti pot. And then the next day, dry brush and nasi oil. You might rotate back and forth. So those would be a great way to kind of batch those habits. And then you can go as far as batching. So I like to batch the yoga asana with the pranayama. So then I'm gonna do my yoga asana and my breath work and my meditation. So how can you kind of do that for yourself? 
Maybe you're struggling with an evening routine. So what would that look like for you in the evening? How can you batch those habits? Maybe after for myself, like after I put my son to sleep, I usually go into the kitchen. I warm up my abanyanga oil so I can do my self massage. Um, that's how I've kind of batched those things. It's, it's, he goes to sleep. Now it's time for me. And then I also take my tincture because that's what time I remember. Cause it's my tincture sitting right next to my abanyanga oil. So those are ways that you can kind of simplify How can I make sure I get these habits in that like taking a tincture, it sounds so easy, but like how often do we forget like to take basic things like this? You know, how can we pair it with something where we're like, yes, it's right next to, you know, my oil, which I love to do tincture, you know, I don't mind doing it, but I forget. I put it right next to each other. So I get them done. All right. So finally, some like key takeaways, remindering that this season, again, associated with the Kapha dosha, we're watching the accumulation, but we're also being mindful of the Pitta as we come into that late spring season. Um, We want to just reduce the aggravation of Kapha and then yoga asana practicing extensions or back bends on your belly are great at this time for the kapha dosha and then movement. So whether that be movement with your body, movement with the mind, with yoga nidra, just trying to kind of keep yourself going as you prepare the body for that seasonal switch into the summer season where that pitta dosha starts to um, get its fire and get its flames stoking. So now if you want to dive even deeper with some Ayurvedic spring practices, I have opened the doors to the Seasonal Living Collective Spring Edition, and this is self-paced. So it's at a um, more reduced cost, and it's something that if you want to do one-on-one calls, I do have that open um, for discounted one-on-one calls with me. As the time of this you know, recording is going out, I'm still going to be on maternity leave, but you can still you know, book a call in May when I'm back. Um, with me if you want to dive into spring or even get yourself ready for summer. But I did want to open the doors because the information in the collective is just so beneficial that I want to make sure people have the material um, if you want to start to get yourself prepared for this spring season. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.